0: Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record.
1: Welcome back to L.S. Rolls Off the Record and I forgot to do my introduction letters this week so I'll make up something goofy He's like, oh, I am Joe the Widget Wilson and this is episode number 84 and I am joined by my fellow co-host The Man Without a Plan Eve Arwin.
0: Joe Wilson! What's up, homie? We meet again it's like What's that going now, on, dude? Huh? Dude, we got a show to do, dude we do chat room what's up nice to see everyone in there today the lowering
1: loomaster of, of lithuania looniness it's lewisalon
2: this is where the old scrolls live come get you one hello chat room welcome
0: <laughs> these scrolls they slice they dice. they make julienne fries look <laughs>
1: We are joined by, oh, yeah, no, Dave couldn't make it. His internet decided to take a poo-poo, and it will not be up and running until tomorrow. He uh, was not happy when he called me on the phone. Not happy at all. But we still have the dude-meister himself, Shank the Tank.
3: Um, I don't want Dave back. (laughs) Aw, poor Dave. (laughs) Yo, chat room, what is up, other hosts? But seriously, Dave, I, I feel for you. That sucks, dude.
1: All right, guys. Before we get into our our meat potatoes, we have some average oh.
0: to get into. Mystery volume. That's right. We want to thank TweakedAudio.com for sponsoring our show in part today. Thanks, guys, for TweakedAudio.com. What do they do? They sell awesome, freaking earbuds. Quality earbuds with free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and of course, a lifetime warranty. Use our code off the record. And you'll get 30% off your entire order at tweakedaudio.com. And as we like to say, this episode was made awesome by fans such as Druid Gameworks, who wants to remind you that they're starting a Kickstarter campaign in the next few days for written, excuse me, unwritten Echoes of Twilight. Please visit druidgameworks.com for the latest dev news. And tell them what you think about the next-gen RPG. Thanks, guys. Oh,
1: yeah, wait, I'm missing my cue. Dang it. Here it goes, here it goes. You are welcome!
0: All right, so, before we get started, we have something quick to mention. Yeah, so, ElderScrollsOnline.com has another monster feature up on their site today. They posted this up today. And this time, they shine the spotlight on the Clan Fear. So... Classic Elder Scrolls fans should be excited to hear that this classic monster is making a comeback in the brand new MMO. Ooh, I have no
1: idea what that is, but ooh. <laughs> oh,
0: but you know what Clan Fear are.
1: It's yeah, little, I know.
0: They're like little Triceratop demon looking guys. Yeah, yeah, the, the
1: Triceratops, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Horrible, horrible, horrible in a blue Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not very fun. Okay, guys, it's time for your meat and potatoes. And oh, we have, ready. right off the bat, Lou's little um, happy, happy, fun time. We have an Ask Us Anything lore. Okay. And we're going to do this in our usual format. However, right. Ivar, when I'm kicking you off of the answer seat. Nice. And I'm putting Lou in the answer seat.
0: Oh, snizzle snap. Who better, Oh, no, right? he didn't. Oh, oh I oh, did it. Did. I totally did it. <laughs> oh,
3: did. oh went
0: there. You ready, Lou? <laughs>
2: Let's do these.
3: Let's
1: do it. Alright, I read in your last article about the Daggerfall Covenant that the city of Laneland would be featured in the game. Does that mean we'll learn more about the origin and the culture of the, har- of the harpies? Uh huh. We will be allowed to attend... Oh, really, guys? Riglametha. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's
1: it. <laughs> oh, cool. Riglametha. okay. Will the dragon sword of Laneland be featured in the game?
2: To which sauce answers... There will be adventures set in the Alakir Desert port town of Tava's Blessing, which is the precursor of Leland. You will meet members of the Leland family for whom the town will later be renamed. And there are adventures in the desert with harpies, but that's all we'll reveal at present. So stay tuned, folks. You want to hear about the harpies?
1: The tricksters. What do you guys think? (laughs) Huh? Huh? What do you think?
2: I I think what's good about
0: this is that... um, I think a lot of people have this this expectation that um, every major city or landmark that I know from Elder Scrolls games is going to be in Elder Scrolls Online only a thousand years younger. And that may not necessarily be 100% true. I mean, we know that there's going to be certain towns in Cyrodiil like like, uh, Bruma and Coral and obviously the Imperial City and... You know, some some towns that we know from Skyrim as well will be there. Um but just because that you you know of it in the game doesn't necessarily mean that it was there or it was there as you knew it uh in in you know Morrowind or Oblivion uh a thousand years ago. Well it's the same kind so. of premises you are when if you think about it, if
1: you take like our world for instance, you know the actual right. real world here. Take the thousands of cities that exist nowadays in all continents and all countries and how many of those were still in existence a
0: thousand years earlier? Maybe eight, twelve. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you know what's a great example of that is um, now that I'm thinking of it is New York City. Do you do you want to know what New York City looked like a thousand years ago? It was a forest. It, yeah, it was an island forest. A very pretty one too, <laughs> by the way. Yeah,
1: you guys had New Yorkers had to ruin it.
2: <laughs> in the dutch first yeah i just say blame the blame that dutch <laughs> uh,
1: fair enough fair enough <laughs> new york so I was the like up, no those man those. no man we made it better <laughs> i don't think any new yorker will tell you that <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right we digress the next one in the time the game takes place does or you know what maybe i shouldn't read this <laughs> <laughs> You can do it, Joe. Ors- Orsinium. Orsinium? Orsinium. Orsinium. Got it.
4: <laughs>
1: Exist as a major city or as a kingdom.
2: To which Zoss replies, thanks to the treaty with the Darkfall Covenant, Orsinium has been restored to the orcs of Rothgar, and they are rebuilding and reoccupying it. Southern Rothgar is under the control of King Kurog of Orsinium. But north of the city, the region is still a patchwork of strongholds. That is sick. Mm-hmm. Uh
3: that man, can you imagine like just wandering in there and just seeing people like constructing and rebuilding the city? I mean, dude, that's oh, I, I don't know. Just 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 from like an immersion standpoint, for me, if I saw that, I'd be like, Man, like this is I'm seeing something take place that won't ha- that, you know, won't be the effects won't be seen for like until like the later games and this is something I'm doing as sort of like an origin story to this city which is, that's kind of cool I, I, that makes me smile
2: you know it would be a great live event if they ever thought about doing it having the players actually help the orcs rebuild Orsinium over time you know if oh, yeah. players contribute this much for I guess funds, materials or actually building stuff for the orcs Orsinium you'll start to see a city actually change. And I think that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine?
3: That would be, yeah. That's Talk about living world, man. Yeah, you can talk
1: about that. That's Elder Scrolls. What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 All right. I am a huge fan of the Elder Scrolls games. Welcome to the club. And I have played a Breton since Morrowind. So I'm definitely joining the Daggerfall Covenant. Poor fool. <laughs> My question has to deal with the Forsworn Faction. Will like they losing a lot. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs>
2: oh. oh snap.
1: Oh. <laughs> Alright, my question has to deal with the Forsworn faction. Will they be implemented in the game, either as a faction or through quests? I always thought that their story was very interesting and want to know if it will be explored in ESO, since they have been around at least since the first era. Well within the time the game takes place.
2: And Zoss replies. Though the Reachmen are related to the Bretons, they consider themselves a separate race. in sort of the Bretons. The Reachmen are not a playable race, as they're basically enemies to everyone and like it that way. But you will see them causing trouble in High Rock, Hammerfell, Skyrim, and even Cerdo. The Forsworn are a fourth-era faction of the Reachmen that actually harkens back to the Reach culture of ESO's era. So they don't appear as much, but the Reachmen of our time resemble them. Oh my god.
3: My my brain just exploded.
1: Come on, there has to be some question about the the best thing in the world in Ellis Scrolls. I don't see any in here. This, oh, we're done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. Luke, can you, can you just imagine just like hiking just through northern Cyrodiil and just getting like dynamically attacked like through the Colovian Highlands by a Reachman?
2: Yes, and, and you know it, <laughs> it actually fits because, you know, they are very... You know, they've always been fiercely independent. Yep. Alright. And they've always seen uh I guess the Nords as unwelcome neighbors, you know, as invaders. And you know, and I'm trying to rectify the fact that, you know, you know, this fan who wrote in about the Forsworn. yes, and Zoss pointed out the Forsworn are a part of the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. All right, and you actually do get to see a little bit of what happened, you know, the Forsworn one exists because, you know, Ulfric took over the city. And that's when they became the Force, or not not before then. So, you know, remember, the Force one are a fourth era iteration, okay? And they relate to the Reachmen, who and the Reachmen are the ones that go back further into antiquity. So, hopefully, that helped clear it up for the uh, for the span.
1: All righty. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to put R- L- Lou on some reins. That way, we don't get too long on this. <laughs> <clears throat> but Lou, you're awesome. The oldest structure in Tamril the Adamantine Tower, or the Dureni Tower, is in High Rock. Are we going to be able to visit this building, and if so, how are you going to represent it to us?
2: And Zoss answers, from the shores of the Eilic Bay, you can see the Adamantine Tower rising from the heights of Fiera Island. Can you visit it? Time will tell. Those Sneaky devils. They like doing that
1: to us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you might see it... At some point, you might
2: get there, maybe. <laughs> you can just make it out. Can you visit it? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Soon. Trademark again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any comments on that, gentlemen? Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Parkour. All right. Well, I guess that makes sense. In the Elder <laughs> Scrolls five, players found that a number of Orcus strongholds died the Skyrim landscape. What's their history? Now that the orcs and nords are on opposite sides, how will their play how will they play a role in the storyline?
2: To which Sauce answers Orcs live in strongholds in the mountains throughout northern Tamriel, Most of them keep to themselves, staying out of the waste of the wars of men and elves. The orcs of Rothgar, who are signatories to the Dagfall Covenant, are the exception, having long had ambitions of nationhood.
0: So there. <laughs> Jenny has an uncle. Who lives on a uh, mountain and keeps to himself.
3: I thought you were gonna say Jenny has an uncle and he's Rothgar.
0: No. <laughs> N- no.
3: Lou, that's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: now that was completely other, other pointless. Thank you, Ivarwin. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this pointless anecdote was made by Ivarwin! <laughs>
1: Based on known lore from previous Elder Scrolls titles, and I already read this one. Moving on. Wait, did I read that <laughs> one? No, I didn't. No, Wait, no, no. Oh, it's it the same is. one. Okay, dang it. <sighs> Based on known lore from previous Elder Scrolls titles, the orcs traditionally seem to keep t- to themselves and to their strongholds without exception. What is the motivation for the orcs and the oh, really? Orsinium. Orsinium Kingdom in joining the Daggerfall Covenant? What connects these three races of unlikely allies to band together as they have?
2: And Zos replies, As mentioned above, the orcs of Rothgar have long been ambitious to have their own state. And these ambitions have been repeatedly crushed over the millennia. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> their membership in the Covenant <laughs> is one more attempt at organization and recognition. So, yes, I mean, that in a nutshell is it. I mean, the orcs have always wanted to have their own state, their own Independent Nation, and as we see in the lore time and time again, they come up so far only to <laughs> have themselves fall.
0: I think it's important to point out that the races, even though they're, they're bound uh, in a loose alliance, they don't necessarily all like each other because they're playing for the same team now. Exactly. Most of these alliances, the, the Ebenhart Pact is a fantastic example of this you know the um the the dark elves don't want anything to do with the nords but they form a pact at ebonheart you know uh because they they recognize that there's a need if they're going to to survive and a lot of the a lot of the the alliances that are made during this era between the races is is a result of nothing but that I don't like you, but you're my neighbor, and I have to put up with you, and I don't feel like dying, and if you die, I go with you. So I guess I'll work with you for five minutes. That's kind of what we're talking about. They're not best friends. They don't like each other. And this is another example of that too. I, I think uh you know, the orcs are not necessarily, you know, the best friends of, of some of the other races in the Daggerfall Covenant, but they have their own motives for, for doing this.
3: Yeah, right.
2: Uh, I yeah, go ahead, Shank. I'm sorry.
3: No, I'm just gonna say, yeah, it's it's born out of necessity, really.
2: Exactly. I mean, all these alliances, people have to mention. It, it, I have to remember, it's not about, you know, you touchy feely. Oh yeah, we're all friends here. We're all, no, it's going to be uh, to be totally cold and brutal. It's they all these factions need to survive, and the best way to do it is to form these alliances uh, that they see that they can use to their benefit. So, you know that that's. That's the world we're going
0: to be thrown into when ESO
1: comes out. Yeah, that's uh, very true. Sorry, phone issue. Got to fix. Okay, I was wondering, besides the title main, is there a prefix that is attached to this name? Tied into this question is the absence of mains. Who rules between mains? (sighs) Roughly 10 to 15 years would pass before one could be found or properly trained to take over. In days of old... They transition power between the many states based on the phases of the Moons, but with only two states remaining, Palatine and Anaqu- Anaquina, it would seem more likely that they would transition with every ruler with the exception of mains.
2: To which Sauce answers, selection and accession of a new main is in fact one of the key events in which players can get involved in northern Valenwood and western elsewhere. How is a new main chosen and accepted? You'll get to see for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like here's a character <laughs> Oh. <Hi. laughs> Just I don't Dude. Know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I think it's based on how long your mane is. Wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think this is another great player mechanic. I mean, since you know they have said that players get to be chosen as emperor in serial Now another level of, I guess, player politics comes involved with the mains. Oh! Oh, how down and dirty can the server get? (laughs) Backroom deals.
1: Well, gentlemen, that was this week's Ask Us Anything lore segment. That was pretty cool. I never knew what a main was. I'll have to look into it more. (laughs) Um, Shank, if you would, please scroll down to the first email and give it a read, sir. It has a special request in the PS for you.
3: Okay, let me see. All right. Oh, hold on a sec. Oh, good thing I read that first. Okay. Dear ESOTR, after reading a recent article about the McConkle interview, I left feeling more confused about the ESO economy, no offense to Brian, At first, he mentioned what I already knew about the guild store system, that it was a system where players could put up items for sale to their guild. But then he mentioned that guilds could open their stores to the public in certain places around the world. Is this just a local auction house system without bidding? Can you give some insight using your knowledge of MMOs as to how this would work? Thanks, Will G. P.S. Good Genshank, Reed, this is been. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, my huge G award goes to William G.
1: <laughs> uh, see, the problem with this question is, though, is that there is still very little information still being released about guild stores and their mechanics. So it's kind of hard to answer this. Do you guys have
0: any ideas? Well, um, beyond Nick Nick Conkle, and we're going to cover this on on the show a little bit later, Um, Nick Conkle did expressly say that you are able to take your guild store and put it up um, elsewhere around Tamriel. Uh, Unfortunately, the, the problem comes in is that we've never seen anything like this before. Auction houses are usually in your main city, and they appear in random—well, not random, but in in you know locations around the world. And a lot of times, they they're linked in history. They haven't always been linked, but a lot of times they they are now linked. And when you put something up on the auction house, you know, no matter where you go. You'll see it. It's never been tied to guilds or any kind of you know player-driven organization. It's always been this is a game feature. You go to this town. There's a guild. There's a guild house there. You see. You check out what's going on, and you know you buy stuff if you want. Um, another thing that's new about this is that uh, you usually bid. You have the choice to bid or on, on something. And leave it and see if you win the bid. Or you have a choice to to use the buyout price. And then you just buy something for you know a higher price. And you get it immediately. Uh, that's not going to be a feature in Elder Scrolls Online. There is no bidding in Elder Scrolls Online. In Elder Scrolls Online, when you put something up on your guild auction house, you just buy it outright. And so...
1: This is going to be something that's going to be very unique in an MMO, actually. And then I think, really think about it. Yeah. If it's going to be working the way I think it is, Shank, you you might agree on this, but when you have a one auction, it's just a central auction area, for say, for all players on the server, the economy goes up and down by by need, and it, it sometimes does it very, very quickly. However, this system, it's going to be like going to a town and seeing all the different stalls of all the goods from all different guilds setting their own prices. So it's going to be interesting to see how the economy can fluctuate or how it works based
3: on that concept. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in Mobile before. It, I mean, from what you you both were saying of Arwen and Joe, like it, it to me it, it sounds interesting in the fact that like you're going to have like an overall economy, but you're going to have your own sort of local economy relative to the to the stores and whatnot. Now I really wonder, for example, if you buy something at a stall in I don't know. Skyrim, is it going to? Are the, is the price for that good? If you buy that same good in Morrowind, at a different stall, how is that going to be on? It's parody? going to be different,
0: right? See, and, so and that's, that's that's an intended when we when we hear the Nick Conkle interview, what we're, we're going to do? What's that?
1: What we're going to do next?
0: Yeah, uh, you'll you'll see this dynamic. You'll see that um, you know Nick Nick sort of says that you know, just when you buy, you know, item X at, you know, Awesome Guild One and then you go to, you know, uh Banff Guild One and buy item X over there, there's gonna be a price different difference. Mm-hmm. You know what this I is? Like that. And
1: right.
0: I just I, I just
1: occurred to me, they're putting in an old style like um my brain just farted, I had it a second ago. Um, stock system.
0: <laughs> well it's you'll it's, see that uh, when
1: read when we read the Conkle interview.
0: It's uh, capitalism really. It's yeah.
1: You know what oh, I meant. Oh yes.
0: <laughs> Alright, speaking of
1: which, the Conkle interview. Nick <laughs> Conkle reveals ESO goodies in a in a recent interview. Uh
0: Yvarwin, would you do us the honor? Sure thing. Um now here's the thing, all right, head over to Elder Off the Record dot com for the full interview. But here are the highlights that if you've been tracking all the information uh for Elder Scrolls Online along with us. Here's the information that's going to stick out and be new to you. Uh, if, if all of this, however, may be new to you, again, it's a very long interview. We can't cover it on the show right now. So head over to elderscrollsofftherecord.com for the full interview and links to the sources. All right. But here are some things that we learned. Uh, number one, Nick had alluded to advancing the way an MMO offers customer support to its players by, in quotes, making it easier to get help without needing to call or wait around. So they're looking to, to find ways to, uh, to bring quality, quality customer support. Um, all right. Also, on content updates, I quote, we're targeting a DLC level of content coming out every four to five weeks. That also feels appropriate to the IP making sure that we can constantly fill out more of the world. Hold it right there. Nick, yeah. Well, yeah. What, yeah. Do you see, what do you see what DLC level content means to, to Nick Conkle? Uh, he gave an example of what a patch, which it would be lower than a DLC level of content. Okay, A patch in this game may include, and I quote, an example would be adding in the Thieves Guild quest line a series of story-driven quests for an individual player, adding in a justice system within the game. So when people steal things, there's a consequence to that action. And then adding in a skill line that lets you distract guards and that sort of thing. So you'll have a package that includes story, some gameplay elements, and maybe a new system. That's just a patch? That's a patch. (laughs) See, this is why they're
1: charging... 14.99 a month guys to do this
3: yeah i was i was just gonna ask and this might sound dumb but i'm their newbie here so shut up guys Uh, (laughs) in in patches and dlc for these types of mmos like subscription you, you you don't have to pay for patches or dlc like this right uh no okay because that—that's why they have a that's part normally, of like a subscription thing.
1: What happens in most MMOs? How it usually works is there's usually a minor patch that comes out every week. This minor patch is usually fix this targeting right this targeting reticle on the ground at this point, or fix this wardrobe function, or you know some minor bug fix. And okay. A, a, a small series of them, and then every three to six months in the game, they'll have a major patch, and that major patch will add some form of content to the game.
3: Okay, but it's it's free. It's yeah. free. Okay, it's cool. Free.
0: It's it. It Sweet. comes along with your. You don't when you pay an MMO subscription, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to spend any more money on the game. All of the content comes to you for free, unless they have an expansion and you buy that, and uh, that that you know. And expansions you get all of that.
1: are patch times ten, or not or yeah. DLC times ten. They're like. Adding another game into the game. It's crazy.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, also, real, real quick, uh, death will require filled soul gems to res on the spot, otherwise you'll have to res back at a way shrine. Now we've heard this information before, but not talking about you individually as the player. We've we've heard this in the context of my my uh, you know, my, my friend died. How do I get him back up? How do I res him? Well you use a filled soul gem then you can res him. This still applies to you as well. If you die, you can res right there on the spot. Resurrect right there on the spot, but you need a filled soul gem.
1: This is so much better than giving a penalty upon a res. Yeah. Making it a currency base. And soul gems are going to be, especially filled ones, are going to be extremely valuable
0: for this purpose. Um, And then the last point that we wanted to make goes directly to the email received today. Uh, guild stores will not feature a bidding system. And I quote, you just put something up for a price and people can either buy it or not. Conkl stated, since people can join multiple guilds, they are they are hoping to be, and I quote, an interesting friction involved in which players try to buy from one guild and sell to another at a yes! profit. Yes! Yes <laughs> See? <laughs> Stock system. <laughs> guild yes! membership is not required as Conkle alluded to there being guild stores available in specifications in the world guilds can offer their wares for purchase to the general public so that if you want to be sexy. able to access if you know that you know uh, Reforged Guild has the best prices in Tamriel for uh pumice Everything. stones, pumice which, stones. <laughs> tempered pumice stones you know, I would
1: die if they put a pumice stone in the game.
3: Okay.
0: It's like a I'm crafting I,
1: item.
3: I, I legit just ran around my couch in celebration.
1: Since <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Shank's ready to explode, Shank, what yeah. are your comments on this?
3: Oh, my God. Dude, I mean, you're not going to – I'm going to spend about 60% of my time just – Gaming the economy and just trying to play out the economy. This is so freaking amazing! I love that they're going to this level of detail to make not just the actual gameplay come alive, but the world and the economy system is a huge integral part of the world. And the fact that they're doing this, man, I can't wait to just like,
0: oh man! All right, I'm just going to create a With, monopoly. That's it. See, that's why oh, we're going to pull please. on a second here. Here's here's the thing, Shank. Th- Shank, this is what needs to be making. Uh, excited, you, you go to one place, you buy some stuff, and you travel around, and you go to another place, and you happen to find out, oh, this stuff is—you know—I can make a profit if I fell, sell this stuff here. You know what you are now, traveling merchant. You are traveling merchant, Shank. See, yeah. reforged.
3: just keep getting better.
0: The
1: the guild reforged, which is our guild, and that's going to be in the game. We're we're putting Shank in charge of our guild store that way will be the most will we'll be the most wealthy guild in the entire game.
2: <laughs> I oh agree. My God. Until the Citadel SEC comes after him. <laughs> you know what?
3: This this is this is unprecedented, guys. To this week I'm actually giving out a second huge G award to Nick Conkle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Shanks week was just made. <laughs>
2: Stick a fork and shank. He's done. That was... <laughs> wait, till,
0: wait till you see what Maria Alaprondo's got to say. There might be a third huge G-Award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to do this again. Uh, I forgot to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: killing me here, Evarwin. Oh, Telling there's timestamps. You'll you'll see. I, I helped you out like a lot. Roberts well, and Robert.
1: Stupid advertisement. Damn advertising. advertising. Mute it. Mute it. Uh, yeah, I should have been prepped before the show on this, but I was not. So forgive me. It's
0: all right, Joe. You were having a good time. We were having a good time. Times were good. Times were good.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so...
1: Oh, I know who she is. I've talked to her a few times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's the uh, creature designer.
1: Yeah. Uh, let she me is. see here. Huh? <laughs> yep. yeah, yes, she is. All right, so our first timestamp is at
0: 153. Yeah, and this, this tackles... So, so here, so Maria Alapronda was was interviewed by Eurogamer, and again, uh, you can catch all of the highlights at Elder Scrolls Off The Record dot com. But uh, for the ten minute video interview that Eurogamer did, we have uh, quick highlights that we think that you would be most interested in. Uh, the first one that that we're going to right now is why first person wasn't originally included in the game.
4: We weren't going to do it for um, technical reasons. Um, in the traditional uh, non-Social uh, overschools games, you don't really have the problem of monsters being behind you. Everything is always spawned in front of you, so they, we never had to uh, approach the challenge of what happens if somebody attacks you from behind, how do you see it, what do you see on your screen, does your screen shake, do you, is there an icon on your screen, things like that. So we thought that um, we didn't want to go all that route because we didn't want it to be gamey in a way. Um, through the feedback, uh, we were re-inspired to go back and redo that first person. We had an old prototype that just wasn't working out, so we went back, redid the prototype, and what we have in now is really what we're going with. We still have a couple more animations to do. We're doing high-res textures.
1: Oh, yeah, I went farther than I should have. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, you gotta watch that final final timestamp there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of watching her. Sorry.
0: <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I think it's very interesting that they almost skipped over a huge, huge thing for the community simply because that they weren't sure how they should tell you when you're getting hit from behind through the user interface. I mean, and yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Now, this is one of those things where it's like, well, what do we give you? Do we give you our plan for Do I or do we give you what Elder Scrolls fans, you know, think is an extremely important feature of of Elder Scrolls? Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, as uh, I play every RPG like this, I am so, so happy that they decided to put it in first person because it is it's honestly it's it's one of my pillars of the Elder Scrolls franchise. And God, I'm just so happy
0: that they did it, man. They had to. I, I, I really did think they had to. And, and obviously, they they realized exactly what kind of a mistake that that would have been, uh, especially mm-hmm. for the reasons that they had it, and they sort of the bullet and did what they needed to do. Yep.
1: All right. Our next key point is what's endgame going to be like?
4: To get many more skills as you explore through the game. Once you hit level 50, you have a couple different options. You can either go PvP which you can PvP at level 10 if you so choose, but now you're level 50, so now it's time to show who's boss, um, which gives alliance-wide buffs to everybody, so not just in PvP, but in PvE, so it's helpful for your whole alliance. You can go start doing master dungeons. So what master dungeons are, are we're launching with 16 regular dungeons and 6 master dungeons. Master dungeons are the dungeons that you've already done but a continuation of the story and more areas of the dungeon open up as the story expands. The enemies are different and the bosses are different and the loot's different and the, the layout is a little bit different. Or you can go and do the adventure zones. Adventure zones are uh, special zones especially made for group content. You can do them with, uh, there's areas where you can do it for four players and there's areas where you'll need about 24 players. Or you can do the 50 plus uh, content. So the way that it works is once you finish your alliance's whole territory, you can pick one of the other alliances, go do all of their tour- territory content, and then you can go to the third alliance. So you can potentially explore all of Tamriel with just one character, regardless of your alliance choice. Each alliance is about 120 to about 150 hours, depending on how you go through it. So it's that times three. Then you have Adventure Zones. Then you have Master Dungeons and
0: you have pvp i got it this time pretty pretty freaking sick huh
3: um i would just like to point out a quick little detail from that actual video mm-hmm. did you if you notice that she picked up that parchment did you notice that it looked exactly like the parchment from skyrim <laughs> no i
0: actually didn't notice that <laughs> I I got a smile on my face. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so Joe, that Joe, what so. do you think? What do you think about all of this end game content?
1: By my count, 600 hours plus.
0: Uh, that's about right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, I was
1: adding up numbers in my head based on my MMO experience. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I love the fact, Really love the fact that you can go to the other two factions, the plus and the plus plus mode, as it was region, you know, previously re- regarded as. That's a, a huge, huge bonus. And I'm still kind of holding out my in, any kind of in-game um, thoughts on this until we know more about the Adventure Zone, what they include, what they entail, that kind of thing. The PvP, the more we learn about it, it it gets, sounds exciting to me. It's, it's sounding more and more exciting, something that I will probably will be doing at 50. I'm going to be too engrossed in other things until 50, but...
0: Yeah, that's all I got currently. Your alliance. Once you're done, someone else's. Once you're done, the third and final. Hundred and twenty hours each. Two hundred
1: and fifty. And that's right? Two hundred and fifty, you know. Maybe longer, Wrong. depending on your playstyle.
0: Right. And and when we spoke to Paul uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said that was actually kind of on the fast side. So that's a single player's dream when it comes to to elder scrolls that's awesome
3: yeah and i'm glad that you mentioned that was on the fast side because i couldn't quite remember
0: so that means for someone like me who plays at a snail's pace yeah dude and let's 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 remember okay there's 24 of these things that we call hours in a single day so 120 (laughs) well let's run the let's run the
1: numbers here if you're really like a, a single player exclusive type mind you won't be after a while, but let's say you are, um, and all you want to do is take a character, a class, and play it through Ebonheart Pact. You go through the, you do the other continents as well. So that's 450, 450 hours. Um, you go and you decide, okay, well, I'm going to do Mary next with a different class. That's another 450, and then the other one, another 450. So you got all of them, Daggerfall, Mary, You know, it winds up to being 1,250 hours at least. How many of us can say we've put that much time into the single player games besides shank
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane, and that like you said that's a single player's dream come true then on top of it you have you have instance dungeons you know you have the the um the public dungeons you run in there by yourself you don't have to be in a group you've got uh, instance dungeons where you know you're in a four man group when you hit 50 you have the next you know place you want to go into and adventure around in PvP is open to you from level 10 and then you know so once you hit level 10 you jump into Cyrodiil so there's PvP available which is you know it's going to be great from what I can hear Um, master dungeons open up at end game so those that you did before the four man dungeons you did before now, new areas of those open up, and you're crawling around you know a, a master dungeon at level fifty, experiencing more of the story. Then you have the adventure zones, which are they were saying is a twenty four man group four to twenty four man group out there it's tremendous about the the stuff that 's going to be in this game and i'm glad that He was able to just sort of consolidate it like that and just give it to us, you know, you know, almost like in bulleted format. Because you kind of forget, you know, some of these features in the game, which when you put it all together, is really extremely impressive. Exactly.
1: All right, guys, we have another uh, post-launch schedule. Is is what's up next? And here we go.
4: We also have a pretty aggressive post-launch schedule. Uh, Imperial City is currently under siege and we'll be evolving the story of Imperial City post-launch. We'll also be introducing the justice system. So right now you can just steal things off a table and nobody's going to really stop you. Uh, But we'll be introducing a system that kind of evolves on the whole theft uh, mechanic. And then we'll also be introducing, along with those lines, the Thieves' Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. And those get entire storylines as well as entire quest
1: lines. My turn to go run around my couch screaming, I'll be right back. <laughs> Dark Brotherhood <laughs> Dude. Dark Brotherhood, enough said. Okay, next point.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the show is too cathartic. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm 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 loving this this whole you know, uh, post-launch schedule they got planned. I mean, this to me, from from what if they stick to this and is actually the way that they're describing it to me, this this sounds like probably the most aggressive post-launch schedule that I've ever seen in in an MMO. Me personally, all right. Um, I can't think of the the kinds of things that that they're putting in, you know, in just a patch and then. A DLC type content is going to be, you know, every three to four months coming down the road. I mean, we'll, we'll see what they do. It sounds extremely aggressive, but, you know, they seem very confident. And Nick Conkle had pointed out during his interview something that I think many people think, but not a lot of devs say. And that's if you're going to have an aggressive post launch schedule like what we're going to have, you have to start planning this really, really early. And, and they are.
1: It's, uh, it's a it's a very very if, if they pull this off it will be absolutely amazing. Yeah, especially if look the fact that okay you hit fifty in a month because you're over aggressive and you just got to be the end. You're not going to be sitting there like with most of them most twiddling your thumbs like okay what's next guys. You'll be like oh crud they just got the new justice system in I want to go try this out and once you get that figured out oh oh there's Steve's guild I got to go do this now. <laughs> then when Dark Brotherhood comes out, I'm going to be obsessed.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: I'm looking forward to how they handle all of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, any other comments? Um, no, because Dark Brotherhood is it. And we're moving on.
4: ...quest as well. Um, in order to get Emperorship, you have to, your alliance has to own all of the keeps around Imperial City. And then if if you get that... The person with the most alliance points, thus the person that has contributed the most to the alliance war, is crowned emperor. When you are crowned emperor, you get an alliance-wide bonus, which is really great. You also get an entire skill line dedicated to just the emperor. You become the most powerful force on the battlefield. You are uh, (laughs) a nearly unstoppable juggernaut at that point. If you lose the crown, you still get to keep the skill line but the powers are greatly reduced back down to the powers of all, all the other skills. But having an emperor on your side either while you're sieging a, a keep or defending a keep is not only a huge bonus just in that one situation, but having an emperor for your alliance allows your alliance to be more powerful overall. So people that are PvEing also want an emperor. People that are PvPing also want an emperor.
1: Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> um I put my name up for Emperor Guys, I'm just saying
0: <laughs> Oh you have to earn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh I will. I
2: will <laughs> You don't get voted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll earn it. Which I which I think is amazing because <clears throat> you know other games that I've played, other modes that I play that do have this sort of system in place, you know, it, it it's all about the, the popularity contest, the You know which is the most powerful guild or set of guilds on that server, and you know they pretty much get to dominate. What happens? This is just a welcome breath of fresh air, saying, "You know what? You want that crown?" As Baron was saying, "Work for it."
1: (laughs) Um, The a person in the chat room has just earned the huge J award. (laughs) Kyreli, widget for Emperor two thousand fourteen. What's up? Uh, someone actually had a good question um, uh, Juzek says wait with the mega server will there only be one emperor in the world and that answer is no because it's going to be based off of different um, what do I call it again the
2: campaigns,
1: um, campaigns. Ah. there's going to be multiple campaigns going on at all times now there will only be one emperor per campaign though so yeah figure that one out and that was it for that. Guys, any last thoughts? Now's the time to your overall. What do you think?
3: I'm genuinely... I, the first time I saw this, I, I was definitely a little bit surprised when uh, I, I read and heard the um, what their the original plans for first-person were. I, I was legitimately surprised <laughs> because I thought they were going to plan for it all along from the beginning. But it sounded like... It really took a lot of iteration, but I mean seriously, I I I was just so happy that they put it in because I mean it's an Elder Scrolls game to me, so that's I'm really, really happy for it.
0: Eve Arlen? I, I don't think there's a single part of this game that's going to be lacking. If uh, I I wish I could say more. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ah <laughs> oh, God. Um everything sounds awesome it really does
2: (laughs) overall I'm just glad that this interview with Maria just shows that I hope it answers a lot of the naysayers questions saying you know what Zoss has a plan and you know bit by bit they've been revealing it to the general public saying you know this is what we've been working on and a lot of stuff to keep in close to the chest because you know what they don't want to make mistakes right they don't want to get punished for it by the internet community Right and by you know misconstruing uh, information that they put out there, and I really do love the fact that that post-launch schedule is going to be amazing. I mean, if they if they do keep to it, you know, there's nothing. You know, how can you be bored? <laughs> you know, unless you literally you know have a, a IV with Red Bull in one arm and the other with Mountain Dew.
1: Well, I have that going just, on. The, yeah.
2: Well, you know, never leave a computer. <laughs> I think that's the only way you could probably do it.
1: <laughs> done and done. I already have a setup, Blue.
2: <laughs> wow I, 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 wow <laughs> I'm scared
1: well guys I think it's a, it's conclusive amongst all four of us that um, uh, pretty impressive interviews a lot of really cool information coming out and the game just keeps getting better Yeah. the more we hear and the, and the closer we get to launch the more detail we're going to get I can't wait to see more and hear more from them as the game just be- gets closer to being launched I can't wait to get into uh, open beta and start talking about playing game. But anyway, guys, we're going to go into another email right now. This is email number two, and I'm asking Evarwin to
0: take this one. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, let me just uh, scroll on down here. Okay, and this comes from Goose. Much it says, "Hi guys, your shows are awesome. Yes EsoTr is by is my by far favorite podcast. Oh, thank you very much. You guys rule. Anyways." I do have a question, so here it goes. I've been thinking about this since the release of Skyrim, really. And although I actually think this, I've been afraid to voice it out loud. You see, I have a big passion for Elder Scrolls games. And in addition, I have a huge passion for game soundtracks. And this has been one of my main reasons for loving the Elder Scrolls games so much. The soundtracks in Morrowind and Oblivion is so magical, I can't even put it into words. And thus comes my point. I'm actually disappointed by the soundtrack in Skyrim. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a really great score. The ambience is much better than Oblivion and Morrowind's. But it's lost what I love the most about the score and the previous games. The magic feeling. Tracks like Watchman's Ease, Glory of and dusk at the market really gives me chills and wonderful feeling inside. And I'm wondering what you guys th- think of this. What is your thoughts on the Skyrim OST original score uh, soundtrack versus Oblivion and Morrowinds? What's your thoughts, hopes on ESO score and maybe even if Elder Scrolls Six for that matter? Have a really great day and good luck recording your next show. Again, you guys rock. Best regards, Goose. Much. All right, guys. What do you think? Uh, you guys know that my first Elder Scrolls game that I played seriously was Skyrim. Same. That said, the first score that I got was Skyrim's. That said, (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that my, my favorite songs, pieces of any Elder Scrolls soundtrack do happen to appear on the Oblivion soundtrack. Particularly... Uh, the the piece called all's well and you hear it when you walk inside of a um, inside of a house and there 's no one in there that 's going to hurt you and it just gives you this this very you know cozy warm peaceful feeling like you know you have time to just sort of you know come down a little bit and relax and look around and see what 's going on inside i I am not kidding you when I tell you that you know when i 'm stuck in traffic on the way home from I hear that song and my heart soars. It really does. Um that said, I I, I also agree with the emailer uh when he says that Skyrim is, a, is an unbelievable soundtrack and and there's certain there's certain, you know, pieces on there too that that are just you know, uh that blow a lot of the other pieces on the other soundtracks, you know, away. But my favorites do appear on on the Oblivion soundtrack.
1: Well said, sir. They're different pieces of music based on different different games, and uh, yeah. Anyone else have anything to say?
3: Yeah, uh, just, I, yeah. Go oh, ahead, go ahead you, okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, I actually, I think I wrote an opinion piece on this a while back about my top five tracks, and I love Skyrim soundtrack. It's it's amazing. Um, I own it. It's it's one of my favorite pieces of music of all time. But there's something there's there's I, I understand what he's saying when that the he, that, that magic it's it's some X factor for me personally for the Oblivion soundtrack that is so it it draws me into the it draws me into the mood and the world a little bit more than some of these Skyrim uh, tracks do and it's it, it's 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 gorgeous it's just beautiful so for Tez Six and ESO I have no doubt that they're going to do their usual stuff and just knock our socks off because the bar is so high with these you put an Elder Scrolls name next to anything you have a certain expectation and the music is you know it's just another piece of that so I have no doubt that the next two games ESO and Elder Scrolls 6 are going to be amazing musically and I'm really looking forward to them
1: I have a strong feeling that the ESO soundtrack is going to be good yeah Maluka's actually going to be on it well then then <laughs> they, uh, they just announced yesterday, I think um, No, she's, got, she's doing a uh, project with Jeremy Soule
0: Yeah, but her vocals are going to be on the um, on the soundtrack, I think
1: Not that I've seen yet it, Well, if you can find it, let us know and we'll post it up Yeah, uh, that's a
0: thing that Jeremy Soule posted yesterday
1: That's not for the soundtrack, that's his own <laughs> compilation in Kickstarter he's doing Hmm, okay and I, that's going to be awesome, by the way. I, <laughs> that's going to be crazy. And we have, uh, let me see here, we have the dev question of the week, brought to you by Brian Wheeler. <laughs> this guy's great. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Brian Wheeler, the lead PvP designer on Elder Scrolls Online, and this is your question of the week. A call to arms goes out, and every man, woman, and child
4: is efforted into Cyrodiil. Will you join the main ranks and siege castles? Will you go deep into enemy lines and take out the enemy from behind? Or will you simply run around and kill the poor hapless
0: fools rushing into your territory? What will you do to help the war effort in Cyrodiil?
1: Why does that question not surprise me coming from Brian?
0: (laughs) Remember the Calamo.
1: He did it so well, too, you know? Such enthusiasm. Uh, so what will we do, guys? What will we do? Me? I'm gonna go pick up people.
0: <laughs> and Camera does it. Oh right dang it. What? What's that? I'm I would I would I would start a raid, get a get a ton of people to group up with me. I'm talking like thirty plus. And then I would run all the way up to wherever the fight is and and just start sieging keeps in enemy territory and taking them for for the for the dominion. Dude, I want to do I want to do that with our
1: guild. Huge guild group just going nuts. Yeah, doing that in Mumble and just going crazy at siege by you know uh castle by castle. <laughs> that's just epicness in itself. You're right, Ivarwin. that's the way to do it. Lou?
2: I would do Everything and anything. Uh, also, because you know, with game schedules being what they are, and our you know, real life schedules, you know what? If I'm tired, I'll probably just do you know small stuff, like you know I'll I'll go scout out, you know, and not get heavily involved. But if I have the time and the energy, oh my god, I'll be right behind our saying, Hey Even you first, uh, <laughs> you're <in the> tank <laughs> you first, <laughs> taking those keeps, stealing resources from other players. Oh, it's gonna be awesome
1: set up the trebuchets, the ballista
2: (laughs) tear down tear down those walls raise their city to the
0: ground
1: (laughs) Varwin tear down that
3: wall (laughs) (laughs) oh good time Shank I would see a bunch of guys like 150 people fighting I would turn around and run back to PVE (laughs) And miss all the adrenaline pumping action <laughs> you said it yourself a few weeks ago man hey I'm the peaceful wanderer Shank
2: <laughs> you, you know what I picture what's going to happen with Shank and Cyrodiil he'll be in the middle of a 200 person battle but it'll just be like slow motion effect where everything's going on around him but not happening to him <laughs> and he gets the one flower in the middle of the battlefield and he doesn't get scratched <laughs> you know, that's, that's Shank's slow mo I mean, Oh, I see it. Oh, that Music in the background. People are dying around him. No one touches him, but Shank gets the flower, and he walks
0: yeah. away. He <laughs> should not be growing out here. This is too far north.
3: <laughs> No, dude, seriously, man.
0: Vito in the chat room
1: just asks, So are you prepared to have lots of people waiting to join your guild? Uh, yes, we're getting that yes. way. We are getting prepared. We are hoping for lots of awesome people. Uh, Last check on the Tamriel Foundry website, we had like 200? Nearly 300, and that's not including everyone else who didn't sign up for that. So we're hoping for a nice, large, awesome guild, and have a great time in ESO with Elmiri Dominion taking over everything. Um, And they're asking how they join. Well, that will get a lot closer when we figure out how you can join. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you, you do you do it through Tamriel Foundry. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'll, one of the I'll best ways. Yeah, one of the best ways to do it is go to Tamriel Foundry Foundry, and it's um, under Esotr. Is the guild, um, which the actual name is going to be Reforged. So, but yeah, it's under Esotr. Uh, let me see here. The next thing we have on our list is a final email. And it's hello, Dave, and others. As you all know, in The Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim, when you first encounter Astrid in the abandoned shack, you will have you have the opportunity to kill either Astrid and the dark and destroy the Dark Brotherhood. Boo! Since the sanctuary, since the sanctuary in Skyrim is the last sanctuary in Tamriel, or kill one or all of the hostages and join them, I have done the Dark Brotherhood question probably no less than five times. High five! And it is still by far my favorite quest chain in Skyrim. So I am wondering if you think the Dark Brotherhood should be incorporated in the Elder Scrolls 6, since you could have destroyed them, and how they they would be doing if you think they should be there at all. For example, would they still be struggling for survival, or would they be back in their rightful glory and feared as they should have? Anyways, keep up the amazing work. Your fan, Lunar. You know what, dude? I, it's gonna be Elder Scrolls Six: The Dark Brotherhood. So there you go. I,
3: I have a pretty sweet answer, if you, if you guys don't mind. Dark Brotherhood. Um, mine. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Shank. I think if if we are going with with the uh, the chain of events that he's writing in his email, that if it's the if for example, if you destroyed the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim, right? So if you want to keep that consistency. What would be brilliant in Elder Scrolls Six is if you actually built the Dark Brotherhood from the ground up. Like, you started recruiting members and you became the Black Hand and you eventually became the listener, like, the speaker and all those, and you built the Dark Brotherhood from scratch. How sick would that be to have a quest chain to just build the entire guild? Oh, my God. Like I I said,
1: Elder Scrolls Six, the Dark Brotherhood.
3: (sighs) Totally for it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, they should do an L Scrolls Adventures, The Dark Brotherhood, in between six and. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other thoughts, guys? What, what would be wrong with that? Nothing. It'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good idea, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have the crafting table, guys. Shank got the mod last
3: week. Shank, how is it? Gentlemen, I have some good and bad news. Let me start off with the bad news first, because let's end on a high note bad news i agree all right good news so 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 bad news is um i started the mod uh on saturday on my stream i got to a point and it crashed so i was like okay i'm gonna start this later so then throughout this week um i played bits and pieces and every time i would progress a little bit and it would keep crashing so what I did was I went back and looked at everything that I had installed, reinstalled it, changed the loader. I pretty much did anything on this earth to get that mod working. And for some reason, it just does not like working on my Skyrim, on my games and all that stuff. That being said, I did play a significant chunk of the mod. Um, it's, I think the, the, the page actually said it's about 20 hours. So I played about, oh, I don't know, roughly half of that. Um, you know, excluding the crashing and stuff, and what I'd liked was the detail of the mod. The conversations, when he says it's voice acted, it's great. The voice acting is very good. It's 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 you know head and shoulders above a lot of these other quest mods that I've seen on uh, floating around. It's it's a, it's really wonderful. And the detail in each of their conversations. I'm a huge fan of dialogue, and they really take the time each character to talk to you, and they have in-depth conversations trife with detail in every single thing they're saying i love that it just adds to the immersion i i loved the way that it was paced it felt i i never felt like i was being rushed throughout the quest which is a great thing i never felt like i was it was a chore doing any of the activities i really don't want to say too much about the actual story because i don't want to spoil anything for you if you're interested in playing the mod um unfortunately just did not like playing nice with my system now i am not going to put the blame on the mod i'm going to put the blame on something else that's on my system so tight pants probably um maybe some oh, tidy whities oh, but oh,
2: oh, look, you have any computer what
3: <laughs> if if you're yeah. interested if you're interested in this mod and if you if you like you know very very well written dialogue with a lot of detail in the world and a very good pacing, and it's a genuinely interesting story too. I highly recommend it. Who wouldn't like this mod? Well, if you're the type of person that just wants to kind of get in the fray and just start doing stuff, you're probably not going to like it because it does. It is. It is a. It's one of the slower-paced mods I like, and I just happen to be a slower-paced player, so I loved it. So, if you just want to kind of get in there and just start swinging away, this might not be the mod for you unless you can put up with a little bit of uh, slow going in the beginning, but like I said, I'm going to keep trying to get this mod working and hopefully I can get through the whole thing. So it was, it's, it's awesome. I love it.
1: Good to hear. Any comments guys? I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. All right. I don't know if this was meant for day this week or not, but if it was, we can remind him either way. We have a new
0: mod challenge. It's not meant for Dave. I'm glad he's not on the show. It's better without him. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss the hell out of Dave right now, actually. <laughs> no, you don't, liar. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I do.
0: So, my challenge of the week, guys. Are we ready for this? mod challenge of the week guys do it do it (laughs) so here's how it works all right mod challenge is for one host only for that week I will announce who the challenge is for the host clicks the link that I drop into our show notes and reads off what the mod is the host has until the next show to install and try out the mod there's the link well that's text i gotta link it first here we go Thank <laughs> there's the link and i wasn't gonna choose dave anyway um i i thought about joe and then i realized i've been working the dude real hard <laughs> and i was gonna choose lou and then i realized it'd be perfect for him i choose
2: you lou oh uh. <laughs> so what's in store this week
0: See, I did, like, like, a reality show, you know? Yeah, yeah, very clever.
2: <laughs> this week's my Challenge is Kill with Skill by Rozak, M-R-O-Z-A-K.
0: See why I hey. thought of... <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: what are you trying to say, man?
0: You shoot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the description... Uh, Changes melee combat mechanics by introducing chance of instant kills, both for player and NPCs. Whoa. <laughs> Depending on skill level with equipped weapon type, relative position of combatants, blocking, etc. Wow, the higher the skill, the higher the chance of instant kill, up to 100% chance with skill 100. <laughs> Attack from behind is always successful as blocking nor skill doesn't matter. Makes fighting several enemies much more difficult. <laughs> oh my God! Attack from front will be successful only when the defender is not blocking and attacker's skill is higher than random number in range of zero to one hundred. Oh my Lord! <laughs> wow! So, this is, folks. Uh, this mod, you know, it, it, it's going to make melee combat or just combat in general that much harder.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to hear how angry Lou's going to be next week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stay tuned next week as I switch back to my assassin character, folks.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> putting rage. the ma- the
2: battle mage, on the sideline for a while. Like, hey, you take a rest, <laughs> take a rest. I'll bring the ma- I'll bring the assassin out because Deep. she's gonna need it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh my god, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I am so,
1: so I look forward to hearing your report next week, Lou. Oh yeah. And speaking of Lou, I don't. I believe I got everything in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. It is time for Luring with Lou, the Elder Scroll. Take it away, bud.
2: Thank you very much, sir. And today, just like the past week, I'm going to continue the journey through necromancy. This week, I'm going to read a little bit from the book called Corpse Preparation, or How to Obtain and Prepare a Corpse for Necromantic Purposes. The author is unknown. Join us as we delve into the foul darkness some more. Volume 1. The Acquisition of the Corpse While the arts of necromancy are only illegal in the province of Morrowind, few citizens of the Empire have an enlightened view of our art. Thus, the acquisition of corpses on which to experiment is often difficult. In Cyrodiil, a few necromancers who have served the Empire are given the corpses of criminals and traitors to use legally. This provides those who have acquired such a post with a fresh supply of corpses, most of them young, strong, and intact. In Morrowind, the outlawing necromancy would make its practice impossible were it not for the fortunate institution of slavery. While the temple will investigate obvious signs of necromancy, such as hastily empty graves or ash stolen from one of their ash pits, a careful and discreet necromancer can thrive in Morrowind by taking slaves at a modest rate. Most will assume the slave escaped or died in the Ashlands. Finding suitable corpses in Black Marsh is nearly impossible due to their rapid decay. There are also diseases, Argonian tribesmen, and other difficulties that must be dealt with. I know of only a few slowed necromancers who operate successfully in Black Marsh, and even they stand near the coast. While the forests of elsewhere pose some of the same problems as those of Black Marsh, the deserts preserve corpses for hundreds of years in a way that requires very little preparation. The of the desert tribes are often buried with only a small cairn of stones which are easy to find and uncover. The Khajiit show remarkably enlightened indifference to graves we uncovered. It is said that in the port of Senshal, one may purchase anything one desires. This is true if you desire fresh corpses. Yo. While Bosmer perform archaic rituals when burying the dead, the more primitive Bosmer still practice cannibalism upon their enemies, which reduces the number of available corpses. As be expected from such a backwards people, they have an intolerance of necromancy that goes beyond all reason. Many necromancers who practice our arts in would become one with the trees themselves. Somerset Isle is even worse in some ways. Some outmore born to the most respected noble and scholarly families are actually allowed to study the dead in the open. Their research, however, seems to be centered on finding ways to extend their lives even further than the practical uses of our art. A necromancer of any other race caught in Summerset Isle can expect the worst possible punishments. Volume 2. The Skeletal Corpse When raising a skeletal servant, it is important that the body of the skeleton be complete. If the skeleton is missing crucial bones, the results can be frustrating. One should only attempt to raise skeletons when you are sure that all or nearly all the bones are present. While the magic involved in raising a skeleton will assemble the bones in the proper order... Skeletons may be strengthened considerably by the addition of support on their joints. The most common are leather straps that bind the bones together more tightly. Some practitioners also drive metal spikes between the joints, which is more expensive and time-consuming, but they protect the servant where it is weakest. The details of this are unimportant, as even an amateur can strengthen a skeleton significantly. Only practice will reveal the best methods of binding and reinforcing the skeletal servant. Amateurs often make the mistake of binding the bones too tightly, limiting the skeleton's movements and making it useless. Again, only practice can give necessary experience in these matters, though it is best to err towards tight bindings. One may always loosen them at a later date. One more note to the students while most undead can be raised again and again, skeletons are often damaged in ways that make raising them again impossible. This is another reason that care should be given to the skeleton's preparation. Too many young necromancers raise every skeleton they see with little or no preparation at all. Given the difficulty of obtaining corpses, this kind of inefficiency cannot be tolerated. And Volume 3. The Fresh Corpse. Mm. Fresh and decayed corpses are those that still have flesh upon them. If their decay is advanced, or if you wish a skeleton served instead, place the corpse along a coast or in a swamp or marsh. Animals are the necromancer's greatest allies when it comes to stripping the flesh from a corpse. The ravenous mud crabs of Marwin can strip a corpse down to its bones in a matter of days. Lesser crabs in other provinces can do the same in a matter of weeks. If you wish to create a zombie servant, one need only bring the corpse to a suitable site and enact the proper rituals. However, there are a few tips that a young necromancer may want to know. For instance, a decayed servant may be raised many times, even if they have been dismembered by those who do not appreciate our art. If one of your servants comes to an unfortunate end, you may raise the servant again by carefully gathering as many parts as you can find, binding the bones with leather straps, and sewing the flesh, if it's not too decayed Gross. with cat and gut. <laughs> your servant may be weaker each time this is done, but with care and maintenance one may raise zombies dozens of times. However, Creating a mere zombie is a method best left to lazy or desperate practitioners. With only a bit more time and effort, one may create a far more useful mummified servant. The first step to creating a mummified servant is to soak the decaying corpse in a bath of salt or natron for at least one month. This will halt the decay of the corpse, and if the corpse is fresh enough to have an unpleasant odor, the salt will remove that as well. In a moist climate, such as Argonia or thraz. You may have to apply more salt if they become saturated. Some necromancers remove the vital organs before or after this process, but I have never found any practical reason for doing this. The next step is to wrap the servant in cloth or linen. This will further preserve the body against decay, and if done properly, will offer some protection as well. Do not worry if the corpse seems too stiff or desiccated to be a useful servant. The proper rituals will imbue the mummified corpse with the strength to move itself. Most importantly, you will have a much stronger servant who will follow your commands with more independence and understanding. And that's it for today's Elder Scrolls on Necromancy. Hope you all enjoyed it, and I want to say thanks to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls wiki, and the Imperial Library for all the lore and information they have out there. Go to their sites, visit them, lose yourself in the lore, folks.
1: Yeah, this is, I have to say this is the most disturbing lore segment you have done to
2: date. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
3: This is This is hot. You. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man this, this show's been so fun today I, I hate to say it but guys it's time for our final thoughts no, no <laughs> I know right It's <laughs> going kind of to be something else we're to talk about oh guys my final thought of this show is um, we need more awesome information like we had today more interviews you get, they can come right on our show give us more that's cool with me as a matter of fact, I'm going to be trying to get Nick Conkle and Brian on our show soon, hopefully. Maybe me and Ivarwin can tag team them and push them into it.
0: <laughs> anyway, Ivarwin? Uh Yeah, my sentiments, exactly. You know, the, this, <laughs> this was an awesome week for some really cool information, and... Um, I love it I, I love everything that came out this week um, there wasn't anything that, that gave me pause that made me say like uh, I'm not too sure about that but you know I'm, I'm definitely definitely uh, excited about about what's what's coming ahead uh, <laughs> Kyle was like what happened to the days of the three
1: hour podcast just wait until the release of it- ESO yeah really <laughs> <laughs> you'll be seeing three and four hours I was gonna I'm not gonna have time to play the game I'm gonna be too busy editing the show <laughs> Lou, wow!
2: First, of all, I want to say, uh, you know, yes, as Robin said, it's been a great week for all the information that they put out, that Zoss has put out. You know, especially the interviews with Maria Alprando taking the time to explain, uh, and, you know, get that nice little breakdown uh, of what they've got planned. And I really hope that assuages a lot of fears, a lot of concerns people still have for the game, and the enthusiasm that Brian Wheeler showed in that PVP <laughs> segment. You know, you know he's aching to get out there and, and bash some heads in.
0: <laughs> Wasn't like, that awesome? It. it was so awesome to see him, just so like charged up and amped up. <laughs> he and was excited. animated about it. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and,
2: you know, that's the kind of energy you know you need to see in the community. That way, you know, both play styles PvE and PvP are going to say, "Hell yeah, we're in there." You know, we're going to enjoy all the aspects of this game. You know, and, and you know all the stuff they put out today, this week, man. Come on folks. If you have if you have your doubts they should be, you know, well on the way at the door. That's all I've got to say.
1: Yeah, by now, right? And Shank.
3: I I legitimately just can't wait to just get in there and just trade. Just trade on the guild stores because my God, I, I just want to make money
0: dude. That's going to be amazing. I- Shank, how awesome would it be for you to literally just be a traveling merchant? Just walk around to all the city, only defending yourself if you get into a fight, you know, picking out your your skills in order to help yourself trade, and, and, and go from place to place, and then just literally, that's what you do. Like You're known on the server as being Shank the merchant. Like, oh, what's Shank doing today? Oh, well, here's what I'm selling, guys, like in zone chat and crap.
2: Shank the tank here! <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the yes, selling pumice stone stones <laughs>
3: <laughs> That'd be amazing, man I-, I can't wait to do that, it's sick
2: Get yeah. your pumice stones here <laughs> For nine septums and nine septums only, we got this great
1: deal Leave the E off and I'll give you 10% <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, buddy Varlan
0: It's time for QGN community segment all right. Well, for uh, for everyone who enjoyed the show, thanks for coming, chat room. You guys are awesome and amazing. Uh, for those who are brand new to the chat room, welcome, welcome, and welcome to the QGN community. Because if you're listening, whether you're old or new, you're part of the community now. And if you'd like to check up on the latest and greatest in Elder Scrolls news, general gaming, and how to join that wonderful growing community of ours, it all starts at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Head over to questgamingnetwork.com, and you can stay connected to the latest news from Xbox, PlayStation, Rift, and Elder Scrolls. Uh, you can also donate to our shows. $10 gets you a special mention, if you prefer, like you heard at the top of our show. And don't forget to follow our other shows, like Rift, Off the Record, live Sunday at 7 p.m., Dungeon Quest, which is now back. That's our Dungeons & Dragons based uh, live acted uh, hilarious podcast. Uh, The next episode will be coming September 16th. This coming Monday. Yep, live at 6.30pm Eastern. Wait, wait, that's not this coming Monday. Uh, yeah. Well, it's 30th. It's supposed to be a 30th. 30th. Yeah, thirtieth guys.
1: The thirtieth. <laughs> there you
0: go. That's old. Yeah, that was old. That was last episode. That's my fault. That was old. Yeah, September sixteenth episode is already up there on on Dungeon Quest. But anyway, uh, September thirtieth is our next show. Recording at seven, right here on our Twitch channel. Uh, also, Joe, looking at you over there. Episode one of Adrenaline Esports. Right.
1: Yeah, we uh, recorded it and launched it last night. It's on iTunes now and stuff. it was a great time we had an interview with a dev we'll have another one next week and the week after that and the week after that
0: yep yeah. yep yeah, yeah. good stuff man good stuff we got uh we had the uh, dev interview from Strife on there mm-hmm. last episode what's coming up the next, ep- next episode next
1: episode we have Torn Banner the makers of Chivalry coming on to talk to us about their next expansion The Deadliest yeah, Warrior
0: epic as hell I can't freaking wait for
1: that episode Here, hear the Torn Banner guys <laughs> I can't wait to have them on the air and talk to them.
0: Uh, all the ways that you can hear all of our different QGN shows, again, questgamingnetwork.com. Just check out our sidebar. You'll see us and where you can get us our RSS feed, Stitcher Radio, or the iTunes stuff. It's all right there on the sidebar on questgamingnetwork.com. Hey, if you like us, email us. If you hate us, that's fine. Email us too. We'll just, we got a we delete button. <laughs> you can email us at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord@gmail.com. off the record at gmail.com. Uh, check out all of our gaming videos, how-to guides, and recorded Twitch streams at youtube.com forward slash quest gaming network. And that's right, we do have a Twitch. Every night we're making a stream seven days a week. Follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash quest network. That is the only way you are going to get your best chance. Fans of ref, perk your up on getting a toxic hellbug mount. Best chance on the internet of getting a toxic hellbug mount on Rift off the record on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash quest gaming network, and you have to follow. We broke a heart last week. They almost won, but they didn't follow, so they did <laughs> not get the mount. It was so sad. Very sad. Uh, we do we're doing the Facebook thing, and we're on Facebook.com forward slash Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Twitter, Twitter's the thing that we do and if you're if you're a tweeter if you like to tweet you can tweet us at Elder Scrolls O-T-R Joe you can follow him at the widget W-I-G-I-T I'm a Varwin you can follow me at a Varwin E-V-A-R-W-Y-N Lose at GamerGuy11B that's G-A-M-E-R one 1-1-1-B Dave's not here Dave Dave Y Barking Dave Y Barking you can follow him <laughs> at D-Enforce <the> <laughs> d i e n f o r c e d enforce and shank is that shank tank s h a n k t h t a n k the purveyor of the epic quality purple quality pumice stones traveling from coral to bruma catch the shank train and the pumice stone dancers as he this kiss was our week. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest price in Tamriel. Also, wow. we're off the record, as
1: a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Millerth Network, I just want to say, foos for all you all next week." And I need to come up with a new catchphrase because we're not talking about Skyrim anymore.
0: Oh, <laughs> take care, everyone. Be safe. Be the Foose. Be with you.
2: Good night, everyone. Thank you all being here. Hope to see you all again next week.
3: Till next time, guys. Shadow, hide you.
2: Who's Rhoda for you, Dave?
0: Microphone. Name. Name keyboard. Chank, are you naming Joe's characters after stuff that's in front of your face?
2: Are we, are we playing $25,000 Pyramid? Lamp. Pass. I love Lamp.
0: I was going to go there.
1: Pass! You stole my line, damn it.
3: <laughs> Gross.
2: Hey, Don't you, you guys just want feel like.
0: That's what it sounds like when you lick someone's ear. Here's some, some mac and cheese. Here's some mac
3: and cheese.
2: Zillion and has it right. It sounds like mammoth cheese. <laughs> it sounds like a hundred
0: tiny little farts coming out of here.
3: <laughs> Pretty, oh god. The keyboard just pressed. There we go. Oh, that's not so, good. We've got people in the
0: chat room asking us what the podcast is about. <laughs> so pretty,
3: pretty
2: much. All, oh, shut up, Shank. <laughs> economy. People are like, we can't compete with him. It's not fair. Oh, well. I thought this was America.
0: <laughs> no, no. No, this is
2: this is capitalism. This is
0: Tamriel, man. So I okay. would be sitting back in his easy chair on his couch, be like, <laughs> <laughs> "It is not America. It is Tamriel, and I own it."
2: <laughs> yeah, he literally could say, "Yeah, I, I own server." <laughs> are you going to be a, a trader of of a flesh
1: As long as there are goblins, does, does
3: it bring me income?
2: <laughs> of course, it will.
3: Then yes, <laughs> I will
1: make the legendary. Argonian hide purses. <laughs>
2: oh my god.
3: I'll, I'll we, If Arwen and I will be walking around, I'd be like, here you guys go. Uh, if Arwen will just start, like, strip-teasing and then this will throw throwing septums at us. And
1: <laughs> this bag will give you from 50 slots to 100.
0: <laughs> For each piece of armor that Arwen takes off. <laughs> Bear in mind, guys, just because I'm a Templar doesn't mean I wear a chastity belt so they won't be called septums though they'll be called gold won't
1: they
3: and yeah. uh yes and, and remember if Arwin only shaves his legs for stealth and because he's a tank they're not known for stealth
1: <laughs> it's true they're big lumbering ulfs <laughs> that make a lot of noise on purpose
2: wow yeah. i need the mind bleach for that now for that image in my head
1: <laughs> my
2: first set of armor is hair <laughs>
1: <laughs> my manly hair <laughs> Frank, have had that have you guys ever see that commercial um, that credit card commercial when they're having like these uh Norseman games and they yeah, that, like, one, commercial yeah <laughs> the, the the beer growing contest that just came into my head <laughs> <laughs> far, when he popping open his armor and his hair just <laughs> can
3: you just imagine him just like walking around just dance does anyone want to dance <laughs>
1: No, I picture more of the paladin type,
0: seriously. Aha! (laughs) Oh, oh. I'll take my shirt off for a few pieces of gold. And you, pretty lady. (laughs) Keep it on! I'll leave my shirt on for a few pieces of gold.
2: (laughs) Keep Tammy a beautiful... Keep your clothes on.
0: Yeah, that's actually a better idea. We'll walk around
3: with me and you, and people will pay us to keep your armor on.
1: <laughs> oh no, people! He's gonna really take off his boot.
3: <laughs> Hurry
0: up! Oh, here's fifty. <laughs> I give it a hundred. Just leave it on. <laughs> oh the humanity.
2: In-game advertisement, Shanks. You know, entre- entrepreneurship. He is the most interesting man on the server. He is Shank.
1: Ivarlin <laughs> doesn't play strip poker. He plays not to strip poker. <laughs> feeling lucky <laughs> West Gaming Network great people great
2: podcasts a better network